This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 12.03, November 16th. Person filling in for Rob Hart. Americans have stepped up their spending at retailers, restaurants, and auto dealers last month. Well, the office holiday party appears to be making a comeback after several down years. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, Lowe's tops expectations with its latest report, while Target falls short. Let's check in on retail with Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business writer. And Jennifer, first, let's just talk all things retail because because sales have surged, at least in October, compared to uh, some previous months. What's behind that? Oh, hello, Rachel. Uh, Probably a lot that is behind that is the inflation. I mean, prices are going to surge as we see, you know, companies continue to raise prices to cover the cost of shipping and labor and, you know, even their own taxes, because obviously we're seeing taxes go up everywhere. Um, so I, so I, that, that's part of what is underscoring all this. But we've also just got what I think is, is beginning to happen is as we see consumers pulling back on their spending, they're pulling back on more discretionary stuff than they would have normally. So, you know, we saw homes Home Depot and Lowe's, their sales both went up. They're really talking a lot about how people are investing in their homes. Well, that comes, you know, as the as the home markets are really starting to freeze up because of higher interest interest rates. Right. But it's a lot. It's a lot this, more cost effective to to renovate a room than to purchase a, a home that may be a little overpriced. Exactly. And as Marvin Ellison, who's the uh, the CEO at um, Lowe's, said. People sometimes confuse the difference between the home industry and the home improvement industry. So, um, you know, so that just totally underscores that. But when we move on to like a Target and Walmart, we've seen this before where, you know, you'll have people who usually shop at Target move over to Walmart for, you know, cheaper prices. And we've seen this in 2000. We saw it in 2008 and 2009. And it seems like we're seeing it again now because Target Targets, many of Target sales come from more discretionary products, apparel, electronics. Walmart, the majority of Walmart sales, 50% of them come from food. So, you know, people are, you know, making those changes and going and, you know, shopping in Walmart. And Walmart even said in its earnings yesterday that they saw a higher percentage of people in the $100,000 a year income range than, than they had recently. So that kind of really underscores what we're seeing about people really pulling in different areas of spending. And how is that going to affect holiday shopping? We're certainly heading into that period. A lot of retailers rolling out those Black Friday deals early, trying to sort of capture some of those uh, consumers whose wallets have been stretched thin. Yeah, I mean, think about it. We had Black Friday sales in January or in July, for gosh sakes. Um, I think I think what we're going to see is a really good, for, for consumers, 
of a very deep promotional environment this holiday season. Target talked about how their uh, inventory backup was, you know, starting to, you know, really hit, you know, they had to do promotions to get rid of some of the inventory. And so I think we're going to see that. They Target said they want to end the year on a really clean inventory basis. So that means there's going to be a lot of deep discounts out there. Obviously, these retailers are all competing. So if Target has a bunch of dis- deep discounts, Walmart's going to meet those as our other uh, other retailers. So it's I think it's I think we're going to have a, and mainly because everybody has a little extra inventory. Walmart is uh, you know Walmart has been able to reduce its inventory faster than Target which kind of points to a target issue, and that's that they haven't been able to identify the trends of consumer spending as well as they might have in the past. I mean, they've had inventory issues all year, and that that really comes down to missing the mark on consumer trends. Thanks so much. Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business writer, coming up. Some tips to survive your next office holiday party. Michelle, our parent company, Odyssey, just announced it's bringing back its uh, holiday party for the first time in three years. Mind you, I have not been to one since I've been here, so I think I'm uh, one of many who are sort of looking forward to the return of the uh, holiday festivities in the office. Yes, for sure. Uh, Same here. We just announced that we will be hosting our first in three years as well. So what all needs to go into this? Because uh, are people going to attend? Do you expect uh, people to be on their best behavior? Uh, This is just sort of one of those things where it's been gone for so long, maybe we've forgotten our manners. Yeah, no, I definitely think people are very excited to attend. Um, We actually just released our invite last week, and we have over 50% of our staff has already RSVP'd yes. So I think generally there is a, you know, real excitement to get back together again and, you know, maybe celebrate um, a couple of, you know, years of hard work and accomplishments together. But it is sort of this sort of fine line to walk between uh, being with business professionals and celebrating your accomplishments in the holiday season. Are there some etiquette that's recommended? I mean, how much how personal do we get at these things? Yeah, no, definitely um, always good to revisit the personal etiquette. You know, first and foremost, understanding kind of what the company holiday party dress code is, right? Um, You know, it's a time to celebrate, but it's still a professional event. And then number two, to look at it, really um, remember, even though it's a holiday party, it is at a work situation. So it's a good time to use it for networking, maybe meeting fellow employees that you've not yet met, Um, you know, some good FaceTime with the boss, uh, and that it shouldn't just be all about, you know, drinking and celebrating. Well, that's just it. If you're going to have time of year. Well, you know, I just I think it's a great way to bring teams together, especially if you've been working remote or even hybrid where everyone is not in the office together. And again, just to take the time to thank people for their hard work, um, you know, over the course of three years that have not necessarily felt the greatest, Um, you know, and again, most importantly, just the networking opportunities, um, you know, to just share some time together and be thankful for, you know, all the great things going on in the office. That's Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago jobs expert at Robert Half here in Chicago. Up next, an update on the local housing market. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Home builder sentiment based on current and expected future sales, along with buyer traffic, is down nationally. Let's see how the market's doing locally with Steve Kirch, real estate editor at Market Watch here in Chicago. And Steve, you certainly have your finger on the pulse of the housing market in the Chicago area. What are you seeing? 
yeah, unfortunately, these builder sentiment numbers pretty much reflect what's going on in the housing market overall, nationally and in Chicago. Uh, I think the key number out of this today was the prospective buyers sentiment was at 20, and that's out of a, a scale up to 100. So that is very, very low. Uh, we've seen 11 straight months of decline in this particular sentiment index. And what that's telling us is folks are just not out there looking at new homes, uh, which is kind of to be expected, I guess, uh, given that we've seen sales off both in new homes and existing homes. Well, I mean, you have to think about it. You, you've got a high interest rate and high home prices. It is. It's a, it's a sit and wait game if you're a, pros- a prospective home buyer. But we are starting to see some of the home prices at least moderate just a smidge. Do you expect that this trend is still going to continue downward? Or are we going to see people start looking back and doing that shopping? Well, we've, we've, as far as home prices go, it's still, uh, you know, it's still upward momentum because inventories are low. And this is one of the problems for home builders. They just can't get enough houses built uh, to satisfy the demographic demand overall. Uh, they cite a lot of reasons for that, but the fact of the matter is there's not a lot of new home inventory, and we're losing uh, existing home inventory as well, people just not putting their homes on the market. Uh, so what's out with, with so little inventory, obviously that the demand is still going to be there to push the prices higher. Is it not worth it to spend a little bit more on the higher costs of labor and materials knowing that new homes are in such demand? Well, again, if you can find them, that's, you know, one of the things that should have happened in the pandemic where folks, you know, were kind of freed from commuting for a lot of the you could move pretty much anywhere you wanted, but again, the inventory of new homes is low, so your selection is just not as as good as you might like. Well, and I guess just from uh, taking a step back, help us put this into perspective. Where were we maybe this time a year ago, and, and how different is it now? So we uh, this this trend basically has been going on all year, and it basically tracks the rise in mortgage rates. Sales have fallen. People have not been putting their homes on the market. Builders have not been getting supply out there. Uh, that trend is going to continue until we get through this current interest rate hiking cycle by the Fed. Uh, it's not clear where it's going to end up, but it's it's certainly we are going to see lower housing activity in 2023, most assuredly. Thanks so much, Steve Kirch, real estate editor at Market Watch here in Chicago. Still ahead in Personal Finance Wednesday, taking advantage of a down stock market. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's news traffic and weather station. News Radio 105.9. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rachel Pearson in for Rob Hart, and these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. U.S. Senate Republicans make their leadership choice. It also appears a deadly missile strike in Poland was not intentional. In Personal Finance Wednesday, there are some opportunities to be found during a down stock market, and we'll discuss how to decide when a child is ready to fly solo. WBBM Business. After opening lower, the markets are now mixed. The Dow up 28 points. NASDAQ down 114 and the S&P 500 down 20 points. AccuWeather calls for occasional snow flurries throughout today and tomorrow. A high of 37 today. Temperatures fall to 28 this evening with another round of snow flurries expected tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow's high 31 degrees. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. The Polish government is investigating missile-caused deaths in the country's rural eastern section. CBS's Elise Preston has the latest. Poland is in mourning today after a missile that hit near the Ukrainian border killed two civilians at a grain facility. Poland's president says while it appears the missile is Russian-made, there is no evidence that Russia launched it. Three U.S. officials told the Associated Press preliminary assessment suggests the missile was fired by Ukrainian forces at an incoming Russian missile amid a series of Russian strikes near the border. The U.N. Security Council is expected to discuss that deadly explosion later today. Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky has been re-elected as Republican leader, fending off a challenge from Rick Scott of Florida. Scott was the Senate GOP campaign chief and has been criticized over his party's midterm election failures. Republican lawmakers made the decision during a private conference at the Capitol this morning. Discussing the news affecting your money, the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Well, after a slow start, the markets are mixed this afternoon. We're joined by Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based here in Chicago. And Michael, great to have you with us. What do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Well, good afternoon, Rachel, and thanks again for having me on. We have a mixed bag of of news uh, this morning that hit the tape. Uh, Retail sales came in strong for October, up 1.3%, 1.3%, but then in the face of that, we also had target earnings come out, and, and they were pretty dismal, and uh, margins are getting squeezed by inflation, and they're still trying to run off some discount inventory. So it's a mixed bag in retail, but because a, a large retailer showed margin pressure, the whole sector is down, um, less uh, Walmart. Every, every other stock pretty much is down. You also have oil down a couple percent. So between those two things, those two sectors are kind of dragging the S&P right now. And are those oil prices sort of a, a re-reminder of the geopolitical turmoil we're seeing overseas? Well, yeah. I mean, they're down today. So usually in the, with more turmoil, they would be up. But there, there was a t- pipeline that came back online from Russia that, that uh, actually caused uh, a higher supply expectation. So that's really what's driving the prices today as opposed to the geopolitical risks. But those are always there, so you never know what's going to happen tom- um, tomorrow. But right now, you know, the, the sell-off in oil prices has hurt that sector. So it's basically uh, um, retailers and, and oil stocks are down, and that's pretty much leading the, the S&P lower, although the Dow, is, as you had mentioned, is, is pretty much flat. Are there certain sectors or areas of the market that you're seeing attractive right now? Well, you know, we, we've said that we, we think that, that uh, 
that tech stocks are, are now a, a buy overall, um, but you have to be picky. You know, we, we like Google, and we actually like Meta um, just because it's become a value stock at this point. So we do like that sector in, in certain situations. Um, but, yeah, overall, we, we think the S&P right now is, is pretty much fair value. We have the S&P fair value at 3900 It's a little bit higher than that right now. We've had a, we have to keep in mind we've had a rally of over 10% just in the last month. So things went from dire to, you know, somewhat back to normal. And, you know, at this point, I don't think the overall market is a value, but, but there are certain sectors that we like, and tech would be one of them. All right, I have to bring it up because it's it's made headlines even beyond financial news, and that is cryptocurrency. What are your thoughts on this? There's been a ton of volatility, and I'm specifically talking about the bankruptcy of FTX. Sure. So I spoke to that a little bit on Monday on your show, but yeah, FTX uh, that that was a shockwave through the whole crypto market and, and caused Bitcoin to drop twenty percent really in, in about a week. Um, as I said. Then I'll say it now. I think that that does pre- present the first good buying opportunity in crypto in in two years. So I think that it's 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 a it's a slight buy. But again, we'll have to see if this is this contagion is contained or it becomes a much broader problem. Um, you know, our feeling is that you know you want to you want to buy in these times times of fear as opposed to a year ago when when crypto's trading forty thousand and everything is going to hundred thousand. This would be a much better time to to dip your feet in but you also have to be be aware that there could be further bad news coming out but i think this is a good time this best time in the last two years to uh to dip your feet in crypto uh, and i'm going to emphasize that you're saying dip your feet in we're not talking yes. about taking a face first dive into this because we know that that it has just fluctuated so so very much so uh, let's shift gears as we're wrapping up earnings season what's been your takeaway especially on forward guidance so it, guidance has been better than we expected, better, certainly better than the market has expected. We, we see margin pressure in certain industries, especially retailers. But overall, I, you know, we, we went from having the S&P target as low as 3,700 up to 3,900, um, and, and really just because of two things. One is that it appears that inflation is ebbing, and we also believe that, that the, we were surprised that, that earnings were as, as, as good as they were and, and expectations in the future are, are okay. But, you know, we'll have to see as, as the uh, fourth quarter numbers come out in a couple of months. But right now, you know, we are, we are slightly bullish, but, again, it's, it's a picky market. And you have to you have to just go with 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 stocks that that have control of their margins. That's a key. Thanks so much, Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital here in Chicago. Up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, ways to take advantage of a down market. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday, and just because the market is down, well, that doesn't mean you can't make some profitable moves. We're joined by Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers here in Chicago. And Matt, uh, what are some uh, pieces of advice you have for us? Because sometimes a down market can seem like nothing but bad news. <laughs> well, it can, but uh, the truth is down markets create as many, if not more, opportunities than up markets. They might just take a little more fortitude to uh, to take advantage of them. So the easy one that we always talk about, of course, is to be a buyer when the market needs a buyer. Put money to work strategically, dollar cost average in, and position well for the eventual turn. 
Now, some other things that that are good opportunities that are maybe a little bit less obvious, uh, at the end of the year, particularly in a down market, it's a really good time to get your accountant on the phone with your advisor and look for some ways to save some money now as well as enhance future returns. Uh, A couple of quick examples would be cashing out of high-gain, high-cost funds and rotate into lower cost funds. Now, cashing out at the lower values impacts the current tax bill, and a lower cost fund may enhance the future returns. By the same logic, it may be a good time to rotate out of a regular IRA and and move to a Roth IRA. Always have your accountant balance the capital gains for the year against potential offsetting losses that could be realized and harvested for tax efficiency. Uh, But those are just a couple of good examples that you can take advantage of in markets like the one we've been through this year. So you're suggesting, and and I'm just trying to reiterate here, that that maybe converting a, say, traditional IRA into a Roth IRA when the market is down, it means your account may have maybe less value, but that also means a lower tax bill because you will have to pay income taxes on that account balance that's transferred, right? It, that's absolutely correct, and therein lies the the potential advantage or silver lining, however you want to characterize it. Uh, but that's exactly right. If you cash out of the fund when markets are at the lower end, then the cash out, the, the realized gains will be taxed at a lower rate. And then when you move into the Roth, of course, the taxes have already been paid, and you're positioned well for uh, for the future as uh, as your tax Uh, efficiency moves forward. What might it look like for someone to try and put themselves and their portfolios into some stronger footing when you talk about buying when the market is down? For what we really like to move into when the markets are low are the index funds, uh, things like the S&P tracking funds, the NASDAQ tracking funds. Uh, These are places where it is instant diversification. Uh, You're talking about literally the weighted average performance of hundreds of stocks. And when, when we have a market like this, we're using those indexed funds uh, to really shore up the foundation of the portfolio in general. Thanks so much for joining us, Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers here in Chicago. You can find his blog at blueworldam.com. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday and still to come, sending a child on an airplane trip all by themselves. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Traveling alone can help kids gain confidence and maturity, but they need to be ready to take that solo step. We welcome Joe Schwederman, professor of public services and director of the Chattuck Institute at DePaul University. And Joe, uh, as someone who was once a solo child flyer, I know that it's uh, it can be a little scary for both kid and parents. So I think the biggest question is, how do you know if and when your kid's ready to fly alone? You know, it is a, a really a kind of a grown-up feeling for a kid, and it can create some adventure, sense of adventure for them. And, and while, you know, you have to really have plan B in case your flights get canceled or something like that, to, you know, to pick up the kid, airports themselves are pretty secure places in the sense, you know, there's not uh, 
panhandlers at the airport. There's airline personnel everywhere. Uh, but airlines are charging a fee if you're between 5 and 14, so they can kind of be ready for uh, the child, the adolescent traveling. And that gives uh, gives them some security. Well, and that, that includes a couple of different things, right? I know some airlines, they'll have, uh, say, a steward that accompanies the minor from the gate to the bathroom back, or uh, they ride around in the little carts directly to where they need to go. There are some little, I, I can understand maybe the price hike there. There is. And uh, the big three, United American and Delta, all are, are doing a $150 fee. And if you're, if the child is uh, uh, five or six years old, they ask you only take nonstop flights. So if you do have a misconnect, there's not some overnight stay. But, yeah, they're ready for you. Almost a little like uh, people that have maybe uh, disabilities where they, they'll be there to greet the person. Uh, Southwest is hanging on to a $50 fee. Um but I do think uh, you really have to be smart about this and make sure, uh, you know, if with the surge in flights we had this summer, that a, a child spending six, seven hours at an airport might not be a reasonable thing if something were to go wrong. Yeah, maybe it's just me, but when I, when I heard you say that these airlines are saying kids as young as five can fly, that just seems so young. It certainly is, and five would certainly be uh, pushing it a little bit, uh, but that's what that fee's for, that you... Uh, you know, you present the minor uh, to the uh, ticketing counter, and uh, in many cases, though you have an airline uh, personnel escort them through security or be mindful of them going through security. So it isn't uh, just you handwrite some instructions for the, the minor and say, here's what you do. Of course, at that age, I guess they can't even read, so <laughs> you have to, you'd have to uh, really be ready. But but you know, our lives are complicated enough now where, where you know families separate and and you have. Um, uh, last-minute crises where an adult can't go, it's nice to have these options. Well, and I have to think, too, that there's a, a lot different technology available now when kids are flying by themselves than, say, when, you know, I was seven or eight years old, and I, I flew from Chicago to Atlanta and just had to trust and call my mom when I made it there. <laughs> <laughs> In the old days, finding that payphone or exactly, whatever that we, we exactly. had to do, that's no longer... Now, uh, but, yeah, the, the cell phone, of course, is there, and, and I do think... Uh, uh, airlines are a little wary on five and six year olds, so the only nonstop flights uh, they'll accept minors for. And an international trip, a whole different set of rules apply, and that's probably not a great idea. But this holiday, I think we're going to see more of this just with uh, families trying to uh, to deal with uh, lots of vacation plans that sometimes means you know kids going to school can't come with the rest of the family. Thanks so much, Joe Schwederman, Professor of Public Services and Director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul University. You can find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and on the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.